Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. On this podcast, the goal is not just to share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon and talk about what we're learning and what God is doing in us and in our community. The sermon you're about to listen to comes from our summer 2023 series, Living Stones. In this series, we're looking at who Jesus is calling us to be as he builds us into a spiritual home. You can find more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. When was the last time you read Haggai besides for this sermon? Uh, sometime in the spring. I was reading through the Minor Prophets. Okay. I felt like that's where God had asked me to to settle in for a little while. Yeah. So I was reading the, the Minor Prophets and the General Epistles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I, I think I've only read Haggai once in my whole life. I mean, it's it's easy to to miss as you're flipping through. A couple oh, people yeah. came up to me after the service. It took me a few minutes to find Haggai in my Bible. I mean, you know, in mine, it's just two facing pages. That's it. And so, if you you miss it, you could be on to just about anything else without even realizing you passed it. No, it's one of the three smallest books of the whole Bible, probably. Yeah, probably if you did like a word count. In in the opening of the scripture from Haggai one, I think it's like verse three where God uh, refers to the Israelites as these people. Yeah. And you connected that with like when parents say uh, your kid did this or did that. I was curious, when was the last time you or Meg pulled the your kid card? It happens pretty regularly. (laughs) Um, But I think the the last time I can remember might have been Saturday. Mm. You remember? (laughs) Might have been Saturday. Uh, I don't remember why. But we were sitting, Meg was working on something in the kitchen. I was sitting at one of the counter stools and um, one of the boys said, that one's yours. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how to deal with that one, but that one's yours. And I mean, to a very real sense, they're both fully ours. But but there are sometimes specifically (laughs) that certain characteristics show up in each of our children. And there's a very direct connection (laughs) to one of their parents. Um, Sometimes we argue about which parent that is. (laughs) Doesn't help when both your parents are on the stubborn side. What? What? Yeah. I win that battle, though. We do that, but we don't have usually, like, characteristics that... Oh, just wait. Yeah. Yeah. So, right now, it's more of, like, uh, your son pooped through his diaper (laughs) under the car seat, or uh, lately, Theo. I don't know why. Ever, Ever since he was little... Every time he yawned, I'd blow in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And he'd like get yeah, off. Yeah, 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 like yeah. I've seen smiles. him do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now he loves it. Uh-huh. And he's not even yawning. He just opens his mouth and like leans into my face <laughs> for me to blow into his mouth. And then he laughs and giggles. Uh-huh. And so then he tries to do it to Rebecca. And she's like, I want no part of this. That's your son. <laughs> like, <laughs> and now that's one of his favorite things, which is this so silly and ridiculous. But mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. You covered a lot. We, we did cover a lot in this sermon. Yeah. And so, your kids, Theo, and the one on the way. Oh, which I believe we haven't even mentioned on the podcast. Yet. Oh, maybe not. Maybe that was just the big reveal. Oh, shoot. Yeah. yeah that, uh, that wasn't very... Uh, 
grand. No. Oh, well. Uh, we're expecting uh, a baby in February, and we're all very, very Surprise. excited. And and blessed. We're 18 weeks in, something like that. And um, I keep getting people. Like, once I announced it to, like, youth and young adults and told the youth they could tell their parents, I was like, the rest of the church is going to find out. Mm. And then, like, every couple weeks, someone will come up and be like, congratulations. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I should announce it a little more publicly. So there you go. Um, but your kids or Theo or the one uh, coming up are growing up in a more rapidly shifting culture. Yeah. And it's not, I don't think, as easy to, as church leadership or even as the body, as easy to simply do hard yes and no's in things that are coming up and, and changing. It's how do we faithfully interpret scripture into what we're seeing, but also not like forcing scripture onto things that might have nothing to do with scripture. And I'll try and give examples of each so that uh, it's a little yeah. less confusing. So one of the more popular things that I've heard online is pastors very much saying not a possibility, but like this is definitively uh, a sign of the end times is I think it's Sweden or wherever where they're talking about putting in the chips, microchips, the yeah. microchips in the arms to make purchases. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that that's the sign of the beast. Uh, and this is the beginning of the end times. And I don't remember microchips being brought up in scripture right and so it wasn't part of the uh, first century judeo-christian no. mindset and i know back when like barcodes came out that that was another big worry mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so i don't know like you if you if you find similarities that's one thing but to be so definitively sure about this equals that when it's not directly mm -hmm. said in scripture, I think can be dangerous territory to get into. Absolutely. Um, and just to briefly respond to that before yeah. it gets lost in the, the conversation. I, I don't think I don't think revelation was given to us to be one of those kind of timeline basing books of the Bible. It's there's so much symbolism in there there's so much imagery I, I don't believe that it is intended to show us exactly what is going to happen and when because jesus said no one knows mm -hmm. the time or the hour not even him he said yeah. you know that was that was god's the father's you know specific purview to understand and know those things which that raises a whole host of other questions in my mind about Jesus, the Trinity, and, and all that knows. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that was just his humanity. And so I think the the basic message of Revelation is that we are called to be faithful, mm -hmm. even in the face of suffering and persecution, and trust God with the rest of it. There's a good chance in the spring we might get into some of the letters that open up the the book of Revelation Ooh. in our sermon series. Um, that's exciting. Are we going to open every service with a, this is the end of the world as we know it song from REM? Probably yeah. not. Uh, one of the weeks. I'll talk to Aaron. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> not in worship, but like 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 as we're settling oh, in and the countdown, like the countdown's uh, going down. Maybe it could, maybe it could be the lead in for our podcast. Okay, fine. I'll take it. We'll get the copyrights. We have the money now. Now that we're uh, getting all these uh, ad free things in our Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to your yes. Back to your question. An example of adjusting, or not adjusting, but like utilizing scripture to navigate um, mm-hmm. nowadays times of even even from my uh, sermon a few weeks ago sure. of like obscene stories and trying to refrain from them and uh, horror movies. Horror movies sometimes can be extremely obscene. You know, it doesn't say don't go to the movies in scripture, or right. Don't, right? Like it's it's not that specific. And so for me, how like being in scripture and allowing scripture to convict us um, and kind of going with it mm. open hearted, not kind of like how you ended your scripture of not letting the culture shift how we view scripture, but letting the scripture shift how we view culture and just being open to God speaking and allowing it to change how we live as, as his people. Hopefully he'll reference us more as his people and not these people. Right. That's the desire. (laughs) I would hope as his church. It's so hard, right? Because we, we want to look at scripture as a rule book or a guidebook or how to not go to hell. Yeah. Or even on a good day, how to make God happy. Dummy's right? guide to salvation. Yeah. But we have to remember that when God was inspiring the authors of scripture to write down what they wrote down, they were writing and living in a very specific context that looks quite different from the context in which we find ourselves living in Collingswood in 2023. Uh, So there's a lot of work we have to be willing to do to understand what they were writing down and the images they were using, the allusions they were making. We we went through this a little bit in the book of Jude when we mm-hmm. were working through that middle section that's got all these Old Testament references and some of them are even you know not in our Old Testament and how do we handle that and deal with that. So we have to we have to take time to understand those things, but then we also have to recognize that the things that are said there don't necessarily have a one-to-one correlation to everything that happens in our lives today. And so we're going to experience things in the world that we live in today that the writers of Scripture had no idea, couldn't even fathom, like the microchips. Like, yeah. if you were able to go back and and talk to Paul or John or one of the apostles who was writing and tell them, hey, make sure you warn them about the microchips, Like they would have no framework to even understand that like even a computer or like any of that stuff electricity (laughs) right 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 and so and so to expect to be able to go to scripture and find a clear command or instruction about every situation we face today isn't realistic so the question then is well then how do we approach scripture, right? If, if there's all this stuff that we don't understand and there's all this stuff that doesn't speak directly to what we're facing today, how do we understand scripture? How do we relate to scripture? And I think, I think the answer is, I think the answer is that scripture is intended 
to lead us into the life of God. It reveals to us who God is, how God has acted in Scripture, and invites us into that story, into the very life of God. And so we we understand how the world is. We understand what God has done to reconcile us to himself in light of sin and the fall and all of that. And we're shown a picture of who God desires us to become as his people. And so, you know, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the book of Exodus. And there's kind of two parts that come in that story is, one, how does God get the people out of Egypt? But then there's also the idea of how does God get Egypt out of his people Mm. and form them into a people who wholeheartedly follow him? And I think that's what scripture is intended to be for us. It's it's a way of relating to God so that he can continue to do the transforming work in us that he started to help us become the people he's called us to be. With us ending a, what, 12-week series? 10-week. 10 weeks. I think maybe it was 12 count. Yeah. (laughs) It was the whole summer. It was the whole summer. What would you hope that this congregation, like top three things that this congregation would take away as a congregation, Hmm. but then also as individuals within the body? So three and three. Um, I, I think to start with the church side of it, the congregation side of it, the the things that I would most hope that people take away from this series is that if we're going to be the church that God is building us into, and that's been a phrase I've used all through this series, if we're going to be the church that God is building us into, Jesus has to be right in the middle of everything. And people coming to Jesus. It's got to be in the way we make decisions. It, it should be in the way we run our meetings. You know, too often we want to make all our plans as a church and then see where Jesus fits into it. Or, um, you know, we'll have a meeting and then pray and ask God to bless the decisions we've made and that kind of stuff. And we, I think we've got to be a church where Jesus is at the center along with that. I would say one of the key ways we help make that happen is through the relationships that we prioritize. And by all means, that doesn't mean we only relate to other Christians. I think some of the relationships we need to prioritize most are with people who are outside of the church. But what does it look like to live in such a a communal reality together that we're spurring one another on towards God and in acts of love and all that kind of stuff and shifting us, focusing us outward because, and I think this is probably the third one, is if we don't have a clear view of why we exist as a local church, then we might as well not exist as a local church. If we're not doing what God's asking us to do and being who he wants us to be, you know, we were never called to be a Christian country club or social group or a community center where the Church of Jesus Christ 
And that means that we are to join him in doing the things he did, mm. right? To be his hands and feet. He, he called the apostles to be with him to, so that they could be with him. And so he could send them out to preach and to cast out unclean spirits. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if, if we exist to bear the presence of Jesus into the world around us, then we've got to get clear about what that looks like. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this past Sunday. I uh, got to worship at a church I attended when I was a kid mm. out in California. And um, they they ended their service with a benediction. I know I'm going to butcher it, but you'll get the general idea of like, Christ's body is no longer here on earth. We are his body. Mm-hmm. His hands and feet are not at work if it is not for us going out and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it went on a few more stanzas of the same sentiment. And I thought that was really, really powerful of like the, you know, we think of a all the amazing things Jesus did. And we think of all the things God is doing in the world. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we don't combine the like God doing things through us in this world mm-hmm. uh, and truly Living like we believe that, like you're talking in your sermon, yeah. living what we believe. And so, um, no, it was just a, a beautiful sentiment that kind of pushed that and, and gave a new perspective, even just in the wording. Um, mm-hmm. And so when we talk about us being the hands and feet as a church, but also as individuals, what would you say the three things that convicted you as an individual preparing for this sermon series or that you would hope uh, leaves uh, not only an impression, but leads to change within the individuals of the congregation? Mm. Well, I think this this past Sunday's sermon is still so fresh Mm. that um, that would be the first one I would go to. What does it look like for me to actually live what I say I believe? If, you know, some of these other things that I've, I've shared in the sermon series are true, you know, if, if we're called to be radically dependent on God, does my prayer life look like I'm radically dependent on God? Or does it look like something on my to-do list mm. with a list of names that I need to make sure I pray through on a daily or weekly basis to be able to tell people I prayed for them? You know, or does it look like me going to him? moment by moment as things come up as stress comes as different situations arise am i really depending on him for the guidance i need just to live daily life as a pastor in collingswood in 2023 that applies i think for people no matter what stage of life or station of life they're at do i really prioritize the relationships and allow relationships to drive how i spend my time more than tasks that need to be accomplished. As Americans, we're really good at, you know, making our daily to-do list and nothing's going to get in the way of me accomplishing what's on my list. And I feel really satisfied when I cross something off that list. But what that leads to is we tend to see people then as interruptions, Mm. things that get in the way, obstacles we have to overcome in order to get to Obstacles opportunities. Yeah. And and obstacles instead of people, persons, individuals who who need to be loved and cared for. And so does my life 
really reflect what I say. I believe what I'm calling people in our congregation to do and live is that reality in my life. And if not, what things are they that need to change? That would be the first one, which I kind of listed three of them right there. Yeah. Um, I don't Uh, know that I'm going to think any harder on that. Well, I hope that as we look to the future of becoming the church God is building us into, I don't want people to think that this whole series, and tell me if if I'm wrong, (laughs) that this whole series is a, if we get to a point where the title changes, then we made it and we're done. Once we get to that finish line, then okay, we're free. We've now set whatever that looks like and we just do that forever and always. But to be in that constant heart and desiring with every activity and meeting that we have as a congregation until mm-hmm. <laughs> until we come. pass, until yeah. kingdom come, that we are always striving to become the church that God is building here and now. Yeah, this isn't a once and for all paint a picture and seek to become that picture. This is a living dynamic because we're living in relationship with a dynamic person. Like God is going to continue to lead us. He's going to continue to, to show us what we need to be doing. And, and even though the culture around us changes, even though the culture within our church may change, that's not necessarily a bad thing because God has something to say into each of those circumstances and situations. And so there's some basics that we should definitely live up to, but where he guides and leads us through different seasons as a congregation is so important. And I think that also applies to our individual walks of trying to be faithful to the basic standards that we as Christians are called to Mm -hmm. and then constantly being in communion with God of where do you want me this season? What do you want me doing this season? Um, All all of those things. Where do you want me even reading in the Bible this season? Is it one of the easy ones? Please God, let it be one of the small two chapter ones. (laughs) But sometimes it's the minor prophets and you have to wrestle through that stuff. Absolutely. And so, um, I think it's one of those things, just just being faithful. And if you don't take that 5, 10, 20 minutes, whatever, in your day to be in prayer, to be in scripture, how do you expect to get those answers to where he wants you to be? Uh, I always think of like the Bruce Almighty, where he screams, God, just give me a sign. And then a truck with a, the bed is full of a bunch of street signs drives mm-hmm. by. Mm-hmm. It's like, ha, ha, ha. God. Like, sometimes we want that. And sometimes he provides that, you know, mm-hmm. big grand thing in our face. But a lot of times he's uh, he's looking to talk to you through his word, through time and prayer. So mm-hmm. don't don't negate that. Right. I've said it before, and I'm sure I'll say it again. God wants us to seek him as the one who answers, not to seek answers from him. Well, that's our conversation for today, but that doesn't mean the conversation is over. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these topics as well. 
To ask a question about anything we've discussed in this episode or to join the conversation, you can head over to fumccollingswood.org slash podcast. Thanks for being part of this conversation.